Another Cougar game is in the books. Mason Wake now into the game. They'll look to throw it to him. He gets away from the defender and scores. Touchdown, Cougars. Algier lunges forward with airborne. Touchdown, BYU. Algier breaking a tackle and getting in. The Bulls had him behind the line. Tyler wasn't going to have it. Touchdown, BYU. Baylor Romney out of the pistol. Play action. Into the end zone. Pyro touchdown. McLean will flip it and they'll run it the other way. Heading for the end zone. Touchdown, Weaver. Baylor Romney has time. Looking deep downfield. Looking for his brother. Catches it inside. Touchdown, Cougars. Baylor Romney to Gunner Romney for six. First and goal balls. They'll give it to Jared and he'll dance in. Touchdown, USF. Magnum up the middle. Looking for the officials. Signal none yet. And there it is. Touchdown, Bulls. And a BYU closing in on a 4-0 start as they are able to wind down this clock here in the fourth quarter. The clock is at zero, and it's time to break down today's game. This is your Cougar postgame show, presented by JCW's and Tri-Day Trading on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome into your Cougar postgame show here on the Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Jay Catch along for the ride. BYU is 4-0 hands, and they did it the hard way. 35-27 is your final from Provo. Well, they made that one interesting down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way, way more interesting than it needed to be, way more interesting than it should be. Oh, man. And, and it was crazy because I really lost interest. It, it felt like the first, like, seven, eight minutes of this game. And I was like, oh, geez, this is going to be a snooze fest. And then South Florida just kind of stayed in the pocket. They kept fighting, kept rocking and rolling. By the way, kids, for you out there that want to grow up to be coaches, start learning clock management. Mm-hmm. Because when you burn a couple of ti- uh, timeouts at the beginning parts of the second half, and you're still in a game, it's going to come back to bite you in the fourth quarter. Always does. And BYU is able to take that ball, kneel on it, and get the 35-27 to victory. So learn clock management because that is terrible clock management. I, I, I get it. Maybe you've got a bad formation. I know that you're in a fourth, fourth and one, or was it fourth and half of a yard? Fourth and about six inches. Fourth and about six inches and yeah. in goal. And uh, you had to take the timeout because you didn't feel like you had the right play in. And BYU had stopped them up in three consecutive plays and you burn your final timeout. But bad clock management. And from the jump, South Florida came out dead, dull, bland. Mm-hmm. BYU came out on fire, fans igniting them again. BYU quickly takes a 21 to nothing lead in the first quarter, Jake. And at that point, I just – and I checked out as an analyst because South well, Florida was so disinteresting to me. You're not alone in that. Let's be honest about that. I think there were a lot of fans probably checked out because BYU jumped on them and it seemed like, okay, this game was destined to be maybe, I don't know, a 50 to 7 game. It seemed yep. like early on. And then it happens to the best of us. It just – it, it, it's not something you intend to do. It's not something you mean to do, but it's something that happens to the best of us. Mm-hmm. And that is you start to lose focus. And BYU lost focus. They jumped up 21 to nothing. Their defense was solid. 
It felt like their offense was moving and unstoppable, and then you lose interest. And that happens to players, and it happens to coaches. And it's not intentional. And you could sit there and shake your head and say, oh, that there's no way. But there's there's a, a gear that changes in your mind. When you look at the, the scoreboard and the clock and you're like, geez, first quarter's over, we're up 21 to nothing. Mm-hmm. It changes it changes everything. And it felt like that defense started to change and back off a little bit. A couple of observations, Jake, right out of the gates. Yep. You missed Mahe. You did. When you're talking about South Florida going for 174 yards on the ground and not being able to stop up some of those drives, you missed Mahe. You also missed Keenan Peely. Keenan Peely is a solid tackler. He's a great gap feeler. He doesn't wait for contact three yards deep. He'll make contact one yard deep, and he'll push back. Correct. And so you really missed Keenan Peely. You lost Gabe Summers for a portion of this game. Gabe Summers came in and finished this game. I was glad to see that he was okay. It looked like he twisted up his ankle. But defensively, realistically, you gave up too many yards to the South Florida offense. Yeah, you you really did. I think the second half is what's going to get BYU's fans going. And by the way, sort out right now. Uh, we are on air. If you guys want to weigh in with your postgame thoughts, we'd love to have you guys. You guys can get on the phone lines. 855-340-ZONE. That's 855-340-9663. Love to hear from you guys. Get your postgame thoughts. Hands, I think the way that South Florida attacked this game is what is going to irk BYU fans the most. Long, methodical drives capped by a 19-play, 93-yard drive to get that final touchdown they scored to make it the final margin, 35-27. to Every single one of the drives that South Florida embarked on, essentially, they had a game plan to take the air out of the ball and just make it a drive that was going to chew clock. And to their credit, they executed that by and large. Oh, man. Methodical and obnoxious. Yeah, well, and trust me, I'm sure we're going to have plenty of callers who are going to have plenty of thoughts on that. But as you said, as you said, giving up too many yards. Let's see, 174 on the ground, an average of 3.6 yards per carry on the ground. But then Timmy McLean, the southpaw, 17 of 24, 186 yards passing, a very efficient night from him in the passing game. This was a game, I think, BYU's defense, yeah, they missed guys like Keenan Peely, Atunai Samahe. I noticed uh, early on in this game, Tyler Batty did not go, even though I was uh, under the impression that he was going to be available for tonight's game. You missed a guy like that as well. So, Wait, how many minutes are in a game? Uh, there are 60 <laughs> minutes in a game, and that is, whoa. <laughs> According to ESPN's um, current uh, box score, the time of possession, somehow South Florida had 35 minutes and 37 seconds of possession, but that's not the problem. BYU apparently had 69 minutes of <laughs> possession in a 60-minute game. So Some guys sitting there half drunk. Yeah. He was as disinterested after the first quarter of this game as I was. Apparently so. So I think this game, you're 4-0 if you're BYU. That's great. Oh, yeah. But there are going to be BYU fans, the way they got to 4-0, is what is going to irk BYU fans. Well, I just felt like the, the entire team was lulled to sleep after a 21 to nothing first quarter. And I think you're dead on with that assessment. And I think that there were some injury issues that gave up some leaks defensively. You know, I, I still think that Mahe does a much better job of stepping up. Thing. Didn't Haas go down for a period of time? He did too? for a time. Uh, Gabe Summers went down for a time. Mason Wake was dinged up. We're going to have to go through the laundry list of uh, 
injuries that we're going to go through in this game. There was a bunch of them. Yeah. Puka Nakua got dinged up at one point. Neil Pau went out for a moment. Yeah. Uh, geez, Harris Lachance. Harris Lachance. He, he actually he left the game early on in this game and never came back. He had ice on his ankle and he was on crutches leaving the game. So And it's a short week. That's a bummer. You've yep. got until Friday and you've got a very tough in-state opponent in Utah State. And Utah State's going to be all kinds of ticked off and ready for that game. So you, you need to find that health, get everybody healthy, including Jaron Hall, your starting quarterback. Even though Baylor Romney people, you've got to give it to him. 20 of 25 for 305 yards tonight, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And, of course, his top target, his brother. Yep. Five catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown coming from Gunnar Romney. And that combo looked really good. It looked really good. Those deep slants looked very nice. And Baylor was putting things on time, on rhythm, and, and in motion. There were there were a couple of, of balls that weren't as accurate as they could have been, but I thought that Baylor Romney was very good tonight, and I thought the protection was pretty solid too. Uh, it felt like when Baylor was sitting in a pocket, he had at least some time to deliver out of the pocket. Yeah, I thought by and large, Baylor Romney looked very good. The one thing about this hands, and it's a bit surprising, I think most fans out there probably don't realize this right now, BYU had a grand total of eight offensive possessions in this contest. Yeah. They went touchdown, 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 punt, touchdown in the first half. In the second half, hands only three possessions. Mm. One of them a blocked field goal that actually set up that final drive for USF. They ended the game, obviously, on that final drive. So you did not have the ball in this game. And in some ways, getting five touchdowns, on just eight possessions is actually an accomplishment. But they did have the ball. They had it for 69 minutes and 23 seconds. <laughs> According to ESPN. It's still not being updated. This is great. It's 69 minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, I don't know how they did it, but they doubled somehow. their time with that ball. Uh, you know, so I know that people are going to be surly about it, and, and people are going to feel like there's too many holes in this BYU defense. And just realize that BYU is dealing with limited numbers. Mm-hmm. I feel like BYU's defense was playing a lot of preserve. Don't let it get behind them. Um, I, you know, just looking, I was slowing down a couple of plays, just try to get a feel for it. Felt like the linebackers over pursued one or two times, you know, the play where Gabe Summers in, injured his ankle. He held the edge. Well, uh, he was, he was sat on a double team and held the edge. Well, and then his legs kind of collapsed underneath him and the outside linebacker over-pursued, left a, a wide gap, and you saw like a 15- or 20-yard run. So the linebackers were, were over-pursuing a little bit. Defensive linemen were letting themselves get captured a little bit too much. They weren't fighting off those blocks. They could have played better. I think all of them are going to go back and look at each other and say, did we play as hard and violent and physical as we could have for all four quarters? Everybody to a man is going to look at each other and say, no, no, no. Well, they shouldn't. Yeah. If they try to say Defen- that defensively, yeah, defensively, offensively, pretty good night. Baylor Romney, 20 of 25, 305 yards, three touchdowns, zero. It's a really nice night. He did exactly what you would have hoped he would have done. I, I don't necessarily see anything that makes me think, okay, BYU did not, anything wrong offensively. 25 carries, 143 yards rushing, 5.7 yards per carry. That's all. Gr- those are all great numbers. But defensively hands, you mentioned this as we were watching this game kind of round out. It felt like through the first three weeks of the season, particularly against Utah and Arizona State, that every play felt like the game was on the line. It just seemed like BYU had had just kind of a razor's edge about them, especially defensively. Tonight, it seemed like they kind of stepped back and said, you know what, we're going to roll to a victory here, and we can get by with maybe a B B or B-plus effort. 
You know, I felt like um, I felt like BYU could have done a better job in the run game. They only gave it to Tyler Algier 15 times, Lapini Katoa with four carries, and Baylor Romney with 25 attempts. I kind of wanted to see that in the 18 attempts for Baylor Romney, and I know that attempts were limited because of the the rare possessions, yeah, that, possessions. BYU, that BYU actually had, but. I'd like to see Tyler Algier more in that 20 carry, 115 to 120 yard mark, and Lapina Katoa somewhere in that eight, maybe 10 carry mark, somewhere around 65, 70 yards. I'd like to see that BYU rushing number closer to 250 to 260 yards, not 143. 143 yards rushing in this type of game, not enough. And I, I don't know. What they were dealing with, I don't know if it was Lachance going down. I don't know if they just saw a lot of open passing lanes. I don't know if they wanted to get flashy and try to put some points up. But I've got a feeling that they're, the offensive game film is going to show well for the most part. Sure. You went for almost 450 total yards. Yeah. That's going to grade out fine. I think it's going to show well yeah. for the most part. But I think that there's a lot of areas that they'll go back and look and scratch their head and think, man, we, we could have done this, this, and this better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that Gunnar Romney was very good, 120 yards on a touchdown for him. Puka Nakua, another 100-yard uh, receiver on the field tonight. That was Puka Nakua, four catches, 104 a little yards. A little bit of a breakout performance for Puka, finally. Yeah, and it, it was nice to see him get aggressive. I, and I kind of liked some of the setups that I saw with Puka. Uh, so... Some of the setups we just watched with Puka Nakua were setups that we saw from Arizona State. Correct, yeah. You know, where, where you're putting one of your, your best, most versatile receivers in the backfield with a running back in a split set in shotgun, and you're running him in different routes, and you're running him in different blocking schemes. And it was really fun to see. I mean, really, really fun to see some different sets and formations and see Puka come out of the backfield and – and do some big things, but four catches, 102 yards for Puka Nakua. Uh, there was one point I actually tweeted out a video of it because South Florida was getting a little bit chippy. To their credit, they weren't ready to just give it over to BYU and say, "All right, fine, it's 21 nothing, yeah. go." I, we we want to be on a flight back to Florida. To their credit, they didn't do that. Now, I I'm I'm one to talk. I mean, this is. It's. I feel a little bit hypocritical talking about this because I, I used to pull some extra shenanigans to try to impose my will. So I'm not going to attack too hard on this, but at one point you saw, I think it was a defensive end that trailed Puka all the way down near the end zone. Puka got tackled about the half yard line and this defensive end wrapped his arm kind of around Puka's neck and you see him do that alligator roll where you just start to roll, yeah. you grab something, you start to roll Correct. and twist it up. And for just a minute, Puka was slow to get up. He was. And I was like, oh. He, no. he was another guy who went down yeah. dinged in this game. So I, I tweeted out a video of it, and you can see this guy twerking his head. Um, you can follow me at 975Hants to check it out. All right, uh, so we got some people lined up on the phone line. Should we take a couple calls here before we take a break? I think Kalani's at the podium. Oh, excuse me. Let's go to Kalani down at the podium. Pardon me. So there you go. Kalani Sataki speaking to me right now. Here you go. All right, Jared, go ahead. Kalani, what do you take away from that game? Because the offense played really well. The defense maybe struggled more than we've seen. So how do you kind of balance what you take away from that contest? 
Well, I think I think it's pretty evident that the defense needs to do a better job getting off the field, and uh, definitely disappointed in the second half defense. Um, I felt like our offense was clicking and we're moving the ball and then, you know doing some really good things. But uh, USF, you have to give them credit; they they took the, the ball away from us and didn't give it. You know, they they basically I don't know what the time possession was, but pretty, I'm pretty sure they they uh, held the ball pretty. I mean. I don't know how many possessions did we have. It's like thirty-four. Uh, we had maybe three or four possessions in the, in the second half um, for our offense, which is not good, you know. So we find ways to get off the field, um, and I, I do a better job to get our guys ready. So uh, you know, felt the offense came to play, and defense uh, for the first half looked pretty good, and just had to find ways to make plays in, in, in the second half. And give a lot of credit to South Florida. I thought they. Did some really good things at the quarterback. I can't believe he's a young freshman, but man, he, he can escape and run. Uh, felt like we couldn't keep him contained, and he was he was really athletic. You know, we, uh, he escaped a bunch of a bunch of possible sacks, and so we have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, they made some plays, and, and uh, we didn't we didn't make enough on defense in the second half, especially that that would make me really happy. So. Offensively, I thought we were good. Uh, special special teams obviously had a field goal blocked. I don't know if it was a low kick, seemed like that to me. But um, got to find a way to, to make those more automatic and, and get points on the board. So uh, disappointed, but thankful we got the win. Told our guys that uh, no long faces in the locker room. You know, we, we want to play our best. Uh, I don't think we played our best as, as a complete team, but I think there's some really promising things considering, you know, with our backup quarterback, um, some really good things that we saw on the field. So um, I think it's kind of tail of two sides and, and then special teams wise, we have to see more on film. But, uh, didn't really have much opportunity for more punt returns or um, anything with kick returns because the, the ball's kicked in the end zone pretty much every time. I also wanted to ask about that injury status. It seemed like there were a lot of guys dinged up both coming into the game and then also a lot of guys going out during the game. How did how, how did you see that? How are, what what's the status there as far as health goes? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of guys that are banged up, so I, I don't um, nobody gone for the year. So that we know of right now, we'll still I mean, it's, it's the guys are hurt and, and banged up and not 100 percent, but I think they'll be, they'll be okay. And so there may be some questionable guys come for this next uh, game next Friday. We'll have to wait and see. Probably give you more information on Monday. Um, the guys that did not play tonight, I believe there's a Tyler Batty and um, Nisa Mahe didn't play. They, they felt like they could have gone, but um, we're not going to play guys if they can't practice. We didn't feel like they had enough practice time. And so, you know, that would have been helpful to have those two guys in, in a, a D line, but um, it was good for opportunity for those other guys to learn and, and some younger guys get more reps, but um, almost, almost gave it away, you know. So um, I'm trying to think. Jaron obviously is. Uh, we thought he would be ready to go, and, and from the um, advice of, of our uh, medical staff, they decided that it was probably best for him to hold him out. And I think if you asked him, he was ready. He was. He wanted to go, but we have to be smart. We have to save our guys from themselves, even, and and make the right move. And we felt good about Baylor entering this game. Um, I think some other guys got banged up and went out and never came back. I, I'm trying to think of who uh, Harris Lachance got banged up, but 
Um, we feel like he, we'll see what happens. I mean, we think he can come back uh, for next week. Um, who else? Mason Wake went out, and I think the same thing. We, we think he can come. We can get him back. Um, anybody? Caleb Christensen. Uh, we'll see how, how, how that looks uh, tomorrow, but we're hopeful. And um, but nobody is nobody's counted out yet for for next week of the guys that they went out. And then uh, we're pretty sure we can get uh, Batty and Nysel back. And then we have to wait and see what happens with with Jaron. But we're 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 feeling pretty good about him getting being back as well. Mitch and then Dick. <laughs> Lonnie, you mentioned that uh, Batty and Nice didn't practice much this week. Did, was Jaron able to practice at all leading up to tonight? Not effectively, not not enough for for us to feel good about it. I mean, we every day seemed like he was getting better and better, but um, just wasn't enough. For, and, and then at the same time, Baylor was practicing really well. And so uh, we felt the, we felt like going into this game, maybe Baylor would be the starter, would be the right move, and then have Jaron as a backup. But um, I think having Jaron as a backup was probably a little too tempting to might to use him a little bit. And so uh, I think we did the right thing by being safe and and, and cautious, and just watching out for him. And so that, I think that's what we end up doing. We we ended up shifting it out and just not even dressing him, just to to stay away from the temptation of putting him on the field before he's ready. Before you get into the film study this weekend, what, what is your initial reaction as far as a positive that came out of this game, in your opinion? Yeah, we found a way to grind it out and win the game. I mean, I, I thought um, wins are really hard in college football. And so although we're disappointed, I'm disappointed in some of the things that happened tonight. I think we have to be thankful that we were able to get the win and you have to give credit to South Florida for some of the things that they did. They saw an opportunity to play uh, here and, and they showed up and I, th I thought um, Jeff Scott did a great job getting his team ready. They, they were excited to play in front of our crowd and um, you know, they made a game of it. And so I, I had to give them a lot of credit, but I know we can play better. I know we can do a lot better, especially on defense. Uh, offensively, I, I was really pleased with a lot of things that we saw. We just got to find ways to, score points and get in the end zone, not have to always rely on going for it on fourth down. So, I, I mean, things are fixed, but I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit impatient because I want to, I want to be better right now. <laughs> Coach, this is the first game you've um, missed Keenan Peely, a big emotional leader for you. How do you think that the changes that you made in his absence worked? Um, what kind of things did you look like? What the kind of things did you not like? Well, we, we decided to put Chaz a little bit more up in the box and play him at linebacker. Um, we had Ben Bywater and Chaz and Max and Peyton kind of rotate a little bit um, up there trying to keep them all fresh. But <clears throat> hard hard to replace Keenan and, and, and all the all the experience that he has there. But uh, I thought our guys did pretty good. I, I really feel like how some of the issues that we had it were – just not getting out of drives and, and, and allowing um, um, McLean to just extend plays, you know, where we felt like we were closer. We couldn't contain him. So um, we have to do a better job than that. But uh, because we're going against uh, two really athletic quarterbacks this next week. So that can't be <laughs> an excuse that, uh, that, uh, you know, it's an athletic guy because 
there's athletic quarterbacks all over the place and, and uh, Utah state has a couple of them. So um, that's, we just have to do a better job and I have to do a better job of coaching, getting them, getting them in a better position to make tackles and trust their assignments and their technique. Just a follow up coach. You said there were some long faces in the locker room. What, what was your point of interest when you, when you talked to them? What did you want to get across right after the game? Well, the, the, I, I want to remind them that winning's hard and uh, appreciate the, the game and respect the game by uh, celebrating. I also remind them that the celebration has to be a little quicker because the game's coming up quick. We lose a day. And so uh, ask them to be smart and, and get their rest tonight, go to church tomorrow, and be ready to, to, to go to Logan next week, you know. So uh, the guys really expect expect a lot from themselves. and they can be hard on themselves. And so I, sometimes it's okay that, that, uh, that they're really hard on themselves. They ex- have the standard of, of uh, expectation and to perform, but I, I need to also let them know it's okay to, to make mistakes and it's okay to be uh, thankful that you were to grind out a win. And so uh, hopefully, you know, the, the long faces will turn into something more positive and, and will get us to, so we can focus on, on getting better and making sure that we play a complete game next week. Thank you, coach. Sam and then Jared. Coach, uh, you talked about having one fewer day this week to prepare, obviously, with the game on Friday. Uh, how does that change your your regular routine for this upcoming week? Um, we don't do anything on Sunday. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, do some treatment and stuff like that. But other than that, uh, we'll have to just – we just lose a day of prep. I mean, we – we feel good about our, our, our uh, things that we can do as a team. We feel good about our foundation on, on what we've done with install. Obviously, we have to look at, at, at the film in Utah State because we haven't seen a lot of it other than some of the things that we've seen them when they play games and stuff. They played early this morning, so a lot of our guys watch that game. Um, but other than that, we, we, there's not a lot that we know other than, than the stuff like, that we've seen in, in, on games and highlights and stuff like that. And they have a really good team. I think uh, – Blake's doing a good job getting those guys ready. They, they seem to have a lot of uh, guys that, that new players that came in and fit right into what they want to get accomplished on, on the field. And so uh, a lot of respect to them and their fans. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a rivalry game for us. It's one that we, we've been very, uh, you know, we, we've been familiar with seeing them uh, year to year. So I'm looking forward to going up there and playing that game and, and, and hoping that, that we can show better than what we did tonight. Connie, we've talked a lot about the second half, but we got to talk about the first half because you built a 28 to six lead. The offense scored on four of five possessions. You know, the defense bent a couple of times, but only surrendered a couple of field goals. That was a pretty good start to the game. What what did you see there? Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, th- I think if you can score that many points that early, then you're going to be in a good good spot. So just really happy with with what we saw from from uh, you know all three phases, I thought they did a really good job. Um, we were able to get uh, force them into field goals, and and uh, we felt really good about where we were at. The uh, it just the second half was just it's just a kind of a dark cloud over the second the game because the second half just isn't our style of football that we're used to seeing from our defense. Um, and then and then we'd like to get the ball more to our offense, and so it's hard to score points when you don't have a lot of possessions and and. Um, but I was thankful that we got the win. I was thankful that our guys were able to 
to get out there and grind it out and, and figure out a way to, to, to get the win for us. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. There you go. Kalani Satake after BYU wins 35-27. to 27. And hands, I didn't do this out the shoot, but I do need to say it right now. We are brought to you tonight at the Cougar Post Game Show from our friends. We are live at the Tri-Day Trading Studios in Lehigh. Absolutely love those guys. Ryan and the crew are the best of the best. Yeah, they are, man. $10. Put you in the market for 30 days. You'll get that proprietary software. You'll get the personalized coaching. You're going to see how you can become a day trader. And you can make money just like the professionals are making money. And you can do it by using Tri-Day Trading's money. It's a brilliant concept, and what they're trying to do is just build an entire team of day traders, guys that are out there trading it every day of the week and every hour of the day. All right, well, we're going to throw it right back down. Baylor Romney addressing the media right now in Provo. we got some things to work on, uh, especially in the red zone, getting into fourth and goal a couple of times there and having that four and out on that drive, but um, pretty good day overall. How much fun is it to throw a deep ball to your brother and have it go for a touchdown? That's got to be a classic. You guys just got to dream about that, right? Yeah, it's all right, I guess. (laughs) Sean and then Mitch. Understated answer of the century, Baylor, and I appreciate it so much. Uh, When did you – it's obviously really, really tough to uh to to kind of be ready to come in and not necessarily be the starter like in the first three games but when did you know that you were going to get to start this week and did you kind of have any any sense I guess in practice leading up to it with whether or not you know Jaron was 100 percent and that kind of a thing or did you kind of find out pretty pretty late in the uh calendar week um early on Monday I started taking reps at the one I didn't really know for sure or not what Jaron's status was going to be until uh, really Wednesday, but uh, I mean, starting on Monday, I was practicing as if I was going to start this game. Baylor, do you feel like your or your opportunity to be in this uh, first team, you know, first team unit right now? Does it give you? Does it feel like it give you a chance to uh, compete for the job permanently uh, going forward? Uh, I mean, that's a coach's decision. I don't think anyone should ever lose a job due to injury. But again, that's in the coach's hands. Okay, and then Jared. Yeah, uh, Gunner, uh, was the script all along to come out just slinging the ball downfield like you did so so effectively? I mean, that's always a game plan. Run the ball, throw the ball deep. And it, you know, it worked out for us tonight. Talk about the way the game started to be able to score four touchdowns on four of the first five possessions and have a 28 to six lead at halftime. That, that, I, I imagine you're pleased with how the offense was able to do. Yeah, I mean, our goal when we touch the ball is to score touchdowns every single possession. And that happened in the first half. And you know, things slowed down a bit in, in the second half for us. We didn't get very many possessions and didn't take advantage of, uh, I mean, that one opportunity in the red zone to score another touchdown. Um, but again, overall, pretty good night on offense. That kind of touched about the other thing I wanted to ask. How tough is it? The offense is going well, and the other team just 
you know, grinds out these long drives and you have to sit on the sidelines and kind of wait for your opportunity. I know you support the defense, but, but just waiting to try and keep that momentum going offensively. How hard is that? Um, I don't know if it's necessarily hard to keep the momentum. It's, um, it's obviously hard when you don't get as many possessions like we did in the second half, but just being supportive of our defense. I mean, they've had our backs for the first three games and tonight we were able to have their backs in a sense. Um, but yeah, just, you know, staying warm on the sidelines as, as best you can and getting ready to go score out the next drive. Some, any other questions for Baylor? You're good to go. Thank you. There you go, Baylor Romney, and a little bit of understated. <laughs> How's the throwing a touchdown to your brother? It's all right, I guess. <laughs> understated on that one. Well, you can tell Baylor is a man of few words. He, he doesn't want to be in front of that podium. He just wants to go out and throw touchdowns. And he likes wants, just to play. Yeah, wants to go play football. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want to be a spokesperson. Doesn't seem to be want to be a big figure. Just wants to go out, play football. And I also think he really does know his current situation. He is the backup quarterback. When Jaron is back, yeah. he takes a backup role. You heard, and, you heard him say, I, I don't think I should lose his yeah. job due to injury. And he knows that that's the coaching staff, and he knows that that's exactly what's going to happen. When Jared's back, he goes back to the bench, and he, I'm sure he's not overly happy about that. No. But it's the current case and situation, and he's just going to have to continue to deal with it. All right, we're going to take a timeout here. We'll get to more player audio. We'll get to your phone calls as well. Plenty to get to. This is the Cougar Post Game Show brought to you by our friends over at TryDayTrading.com as well as JCW's. More in a moment right here on the Zone Sports Network. Baylor Romney has time. Looking deep downfield. Looking for his brother. Catches it inside. Touchdown Cougars. Baylor Romney to Gunnar Romney for six. And again. Welcome back to your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Jake Hatch, Hans Olsen, uh, recapping BYU's 35 to 27 victory. Hans, if I'm not mistaken, BYU started 4 and 0 in back-to-back -back seasons mm -hmm. for the first time ever in program history. Good for them, man. This is a another great start to this season, a better start to this season than even last season because of the competition that you've been playing against uh, three power five wins utah is showing that they've got some weakness and, and sure. they've got areas that they've got to fix they didn't look really good against washington state today especially in the second half of that game offensively it was really rough their defense is going to hang in there and do good but uh, arizona state a very solid win and now putting together a win against south florida it wasn't exactly what you wanted if you're a byu football player or a byu coach but can we just stop with all this, like, head-hanging and blubbering and whether well, things are just messed up and they need this and that and whatever? This team had a 21 to nothing lead in the first quarter, and it's really difficult. They had a 27 to 7 or 20 – was it 28 to – yeah, that was 28 to 6 lead. Correct. Yes, 28 to 6. In the first half of this game, and it's just really difficult as a player – to stay focused. All right, those of you on the phone line, stay with us. We're going to get to you momentarily. But Puka Nakua is sitting down right now. Let's throw it back down to Provo. BYU wide receiver Puka Nakua addressing the media. What's it like being part of that start of that game? Because you guys made some big plays, the, you know, scoring touchdowns on four of the first five drives. That had to be pretty fun as, as part of the offense. 
No, yeah, super fun. That's that's been our objective since week one to just come out and start strong, and we were able to piece it together and put together. We had, I mean, made simple adjustments to our game plan. I think we put a little bit more pressure on our receivers, and uh, I mean, we've been stepping up. But today was definitely a heyday for us. So it was super fun to get out there and sling it around a little bit and make some plays to the air. You had a chance there in the end zone there in the what the fourth quarter, a little bit behind you, and I thought you might make that one hander. Is that one you think of and be like, man, I wish I'd gotten it. Or is it just move on to the next play? No, that's definitely, I mean, you never want to leave any out there. So I definitely, I mean, it really did kind of, I had, you know, it made the stick noise as soon as it hit my club. So I thought I had it, but I, I don't think uh, I've ever had a ball kind of take me off my feet like that. I'm going to have to watch it on tape, but man, Baylor put some heat on that. So next time we'll, we'll work it and uh, we'll get the timing and stuff down. But no, I definitely should have came down with it. <laughs> it would have made a huge difference in that fourth quarter of switching them. But I mean, we can't, we, we trust our defense and we left them in some situations where it wasn't the best and leaving them out there on the field for a long time. So we got to execute on our side with, on our side of the ball and make sure we keep them well rested and ready to go. But we, we love those guys. I mean, they, they held it out for us and kept us going. Ben and then Mitch. Uh, Puka, uh, four receptions, 102 yards, uh, really nice performance from you. Uh, obviously, you were connecting with, with Baylor well. Tell us a little bit about your chemistry with Baylor over the last week. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, Baylor's always taking the reps behind Jared and stuff, so we knew – or. Uh, I mean, coming into the new team and stuff, everybody's always talking about how confident they are in Baylor. And uh, I was able to be a firsthand witness of that tonight. And our connection felt great. We worked uh, we worked these routes during practice this week, and it was only perfect. I mean, in, in the the look, the stutter look that I got, I mean, I put my head down and kept running. And the ball, I looked up, and the ball fell right into my lap. So there's definitely a connection there. And he was slinging it around to everybody. I'm looking here. Uh, we we slinging the ball around to a lot of our guys and. Gunner, obviously, the brother connection, you never get tired of that. So that was fun to see. And then uh, it was just fun to be out there to make for us receivers and tight ends to get more involved in the passing game to see it finally connect. And we're still not there. We know we're not hitting on all cylinders, but we're definitely making progress. That's for sure. And and one last thing, too, it, it typically takes two, three, sometimes four defenders to bring you down. Like, what's your mentality when you get the ball and there's that contact there? And how do you drive through? Uh, I love the contact. I guess, I mean, <laughs> you guys know I've grown up with brothers. So I, I guess me being the youngest one, I always got hit and beat on. So I had to learn how to take the punches and run with them and keep going. So I, when they try to hit me, I mean, uh, I'm a big receiver, 6'2", I have 200 plus pounds. So, I mean, if you're going to hit me, I'm going to make sure you feel it too. So. <laughs> Uka, for you personally, do you feel like this was a, a breakout performance for you in your BYU career that you can start to build off of now? Um... Kind of. I think it was especially, uh, yeah, definitely a breakout game. I think this, I mean, I'm not exactly sure, but I believe this is the first time I've broken 100 yards in my career. And it was so fun to do it in, the home, in our home crowd. So it was super fun. But I'm st- I think we're, we're, we're right on the bridge of going off in the past game. So I'm excited. It was, uh, it was fun. I left some out there last week. So it's fun to come back and uh, kind of re-up. So it was, it was definitely fun. <laughs> When do you feel like you're you're at your best as a receiver? Like what what attributes do you feel like you you can provide to this offense on a week in week out basis as you get more targets? Um, I pride myself in being able to run all routes, being a little bit of a big receiver. So I know, I mean, the last week I'm still thinking about the Arizona State. I mean, early in the game we hit me on a comeback and I did I wasn't able to get out of my break, and then we threw a deep ball, and so it was it was a huge a huge relief when we connected on that, that deep ball on our sideline. So it was kind of to get the little jitters out and kind of just like you said, the start of uh, 
kind of my run and hopefully being more consistent and uh ready for a bigger role to keep keep pushing out. I'm excited. We're 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 not hitting it yet, but it's fun for us to score touchdowns out in the receiver group for sure. Sean. Puka, how frustrating is it when uh, the other team's playing possession ball the way they did? I mean, really well, credit to USF, 35 minutes of possession, I think it was, but you guys only got out there for three possessions in the second half. Does that, I mean, were you getting itchy or antsy going? Because I know I know you just want to go out and do your thing. So just how frustrating is that on the sideline, I guess? Um, it's not too frustrating. I mean, we trust our defense a lot and we see them every day. So knowing that we were down a couple of guys, it was, it was exciting to see other guys step up and make plays. And then I think it was a learning opportunity for our defense. I mean, they've held a lot of good teams to under 20 points. So for them to kind of see what it was like against a different team and get uh, a lot of different looks from USF. Uh, I was excited to see our defense. I think they, they played really well and then they, they got a lot of things they can work on too. But I mean, that's why we play football as we'll come in tomorrow and figure it out get ready to go again next week. Ben, go ahead. Luca, this is about uh, a couple of games prior Utah game. Can you take us through the, the celebration with your brother, the emotion, what it meant to you and Samson at that time versus Utah? We haven't been able to talk to you about it. So um, I'm sure you knew what the play was and you kind of knew it could happen, but take us through your thoughts, your emotions and what it meant to you and your uh, family. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, as soon as I seen the play go in and uh, Samson was out there, it was just, it was just a matter of time. <laughs> I think I was somewhere on the 25 or 30 yard line. And as soon as I see him break out for his whip round, I mean, I was in a full sprint to the end zone and he came down with it. I, I don't think I've ever had like such tunnel vision before in my life. I, from the sideline to where I hit Samson, I, I didn't see anybody else besides number 45 and <laughs> After uh, everybody was showing me the clip of Mason Wake trying to jump on, <laughs> jump on Samson, everybody's celebrating that coming undercut him. But yeah, I was so locked in. It was just so exciting for him. I mean, obviously my brother, but uh, how it was for him to be able to score against his former team and just the, the, the roar of the crowd that game and just the excitement of being in a Utah game. It was just everything added up to the pinnacle, and it was it was so fun to be a part of. <laughs> I think I broke, I've, I may have hurt Samson because I punched him really hard, but as a little brother, he deserved it. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Puka. Thank you. There you go. Puka Nakua breakout performance, 25.5 yards per reception on average hands. So really, really nice performance for that young man. And as you kind of heard him say, he, he expects to be a big part of this offense. And he is a big part of this offense. And I think he'll just continue to grow more and more into his role in this offense. Again, a hundred yard night from Puka Nakua mm -hmm. and doing great things. Uh, his brother did not have a catch in this game, but Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua combined for 225 yards in this game. Sure. And, and looked really good. Uh, a little bit worried about a, a few guys coming out of this game. Mason Wake, I'm hoping that his ankle is okay. Harris Lachance, I'm hoping that his ankle is okay. I, be I believe that that was from Mason Wake jumping into the back of his leg. It legs. sure looked like it. <laughs> and the way he went down and then kind of hobbled, but he did play a player two after that. Yeah, and then they brought him off. They iced him up. He's on crutches going back to the locker room. So you hope that it's just a more of a precautionary measure. Well, because of everywhere that we've seen guys missing, the linebacker with Keenan Ellis yeah. and or Keenan Peely. Keenan Peely and, linebacker. And the defensive line, even with, with Mahe, 
-hmm. the one area you just can't lose any bodies is going to be up front offensively. You can't afford to lose a Harris LaChance. No. Period. You can't make up for him. There's not another body like him. Mm -hmm. There's there's not another guy that can set the edge like Harris LaChance. So if out of all the injuries that I've seen from BYU, outside of Jaron Hall, but you do have Baylor Romney, who's played extremely well in this game. Harris Lachance is the biggest is going to be your biggest issue if you're without him for a certain period of time. He did play. He he was moving on that thing, and then he went back and iced it. I'm hoping that he didn't further damage it by yeah. trying to play on it, or if it just swole up on him and he couldn't go anymore. I don't know the situation, but everybody better hope that. Harris Lachance is ready to go for that Utah State game. Offensive tackle is one of the position groups that BYU might be the most thin at. Yes. So that's something that you got to obviously be, be careful of. All right. Well, let's get out to the phone calls, Hands. We've had a lot of people waiting for a long time. I'm, we're going to start off with, I think, maybe the most electric one of the night, though. Catholic Matt is on the phone lines. Catholic Matt, what is up? Hey, man. Long time no talk. What Oh, there it is, man. <laughs> what a great Over win. 15 years of that. What a great <laughs> win. What a great win. You know, last year at this time, uh, the fourth game in, BYU played Texas-San Antonio. What happened? They won by seven points. What happened the following week? They went to Houston. And what did they do to Houston? They kicked the crap out of them. So this is the point, guys. This is the point. There's a lot of stuff that this team can do to clean up. It's not on the coaches. The coaches are fine. They're doing, they're doing a good job. Tiaki is a good defensive coordinator. He's not telling those guys to miss tackles. He's not telling them, hey, you know, don't stay in your lane. Don't set the edge. That's what happened on that, that touchdown on, on fourth and goal. The, the linebacker, 45, dude, he went down inside. You can't do that. you got to stay where you're at, brother. If he would have stayed on the outside, he would have stopped that, and that would have changed momentum. Football is all about momentum, baby. That's what it's about. When they blocked that field goal, you could just—I felt the momentum change, and you—I felt Southern Florida coming back in the game. But what did they do to counter that? They had Baylor Romney, brother. Baylor Romney came in, and I said this two years ago. I called in on this show after they beat Boise State. I said, "What, Jake? Do you remember? Do you remember what I said?" I said this, Baylor Romney reminds me of Robbie Bosco. You go freaking look at the tapes. You look at the tapes. You go back and look at the tapes, and you look at Baylor Romney, brother. That dude is is a spitting image of Robbie Bosco. Robbie Bosco was an accurate thrower, had a good deep ball. He was not very, you know, athletic like all these other Taysoms and the Jarens and all that kind of crap. I don't care about that. He stood in the pocket, he got up into the pocket, and he delivered some nice deep throws. This dude is legit. I'm not saying Jaron Hall should be, should be benched. I'm not saying that at all. Jaron Hall's feeling it sky high. This kid's special, too. And, and, and Baylor answered that question perfectly. He shouldn't lose his job. So, so there's no quarterback controversy. I'm just saying, and I'm going to say for the 15th, umpteenth time, this dude reminds me of Robbie Bosco. And I'm telling you, if, if, if by the grace of God, Jaron Hall decides to, to skip this year or next year and, and try out for the NFL, I'm telling you, Baylor's going to come back next year, and this kid is going to be good. He's, he's good. He, every game he's started, they won. 
he beat Liberty. He beat Boise State. You know, he led his team to a victory tonight. I, I just, it's just uncanny to me. If you go on YouTube and look at Robbie Bosco and you look at Baylor Rami, it's just unreal. And Bay, and Robbie Bosco, as a matter of fact, he was on uh, DJ and PK earlier in the year. And he even said, what he, he said something about Baylor on there. He said the dude's got like ice in his veins. The, does, the, yeah. the dude is just, he's just, he's just, he, he's smart. You listen to him in his interviews, man. <laughs> He doesn't give a crap what people think. He really doesn't. He's cool as a cucumber. And I, I have not seen a quarterback with that type of attitude since the 80s. Jimmy Mack had that. Steve Young had that. Robbie Bosco had that. Ty Detmer had that. They had that short answer, get your freaking face out of my face. I'm going to shove this football down your throat. I'm going to lead my team to a victory. And if you don't like it, you can kiss my freaking ass, baby, because that's what it's about, dude. I'm telling you. This kid is special. The defense is going to be fine. They're, they're going to get in there next week. They're going to say, hey, look, guys, you missed some tackles. You didn't set the edges. You didn't stay in your lanes. You need to play a little bit better. And I, they're going to challenge that defense. I expect, I expect a win against Utah State. I really do. Now, I'll say this, though. If, if they go in overconfident thinking that they can take Utah State to the woodshed, uh-uh, no. No, 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 no. Utah State, they can, they can beat them. They can beat them. They're they're not that bad, dude. They got some skill players that are fast, and if if they get into space, they're quick and they can take it to the house. But if BYU just gets that under control, and just finds that control and plays a complete game, they can beat anybody on this schedule this year, and it could be a very special year. But just like Kalani said in his in his post game interview, it is so hard to win every Saturday. Even Bronco said that before when he was here. It is so hard. You look at college scores today. Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. Come on. Come on. 31 point favorite. (laughs) No less. I mean, (laughs) come on, dude. Anybody can win on any given Saturday if you're just not taking it seriously. So it's up to these kids. And and I think that you could see the depth at the D line definitely take it a little bit in this game. I, I think there is depth there, but when guys start getting hurt, you're getting down to that third, fourth string. I mean, dude, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to say, man. You just got to play, bro. You just got to well, come with it. But, hey, I appreciate Catholic, you guys staying on. Thanks, Catholic, man. We appreciate you, man. You call anytime. We love having you on. We love your energy. And, uh, obviously, a long-time caller. Yes. Some great information there from Catholic, Matt. Thanks, well, Catholic, Matt. You know, I, I was just thinking about some of the, the points that he was making, really good points across the board. Um, but I think Beta Romney is going to be three times the quarterback that Robbie Bosco ever was. <laughs> Robbie, if you're listening, Colin, we want to retort. <laughs> you haven't have a national championship under your belt that you can retort with. Yeah. No, but Robbie would agree. He, no, Robbie, Robbie has agreed. And yeah. Matt was right. He, he did call into DJ and PK and said that uh, Baylor Romney is a cool cucumber was the term. I think is the exact term that he used. So, uh, great call from Matt. All right, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Here's just a reminder for you guys that the Cougar Post Game Show is brought to you by our friends over at TridayTrading.com, as well as JCWs. Appreciate their patronage and them being, a lot, being able to let us do our thing here. But let's get back out to the phone lines. Parley has been extremely patient here. Parley, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call always. Yeah, it's hard to follow up after the last caller. <laughs> no, Catholic I Matt's just think our magic... So. <laughs> I know, right? I think our magic number is running Algier 20 to 25 times. I think if we do that, we'll be fine. 
and the defense. That game reminded me so much of the Coastal Carolina game. We couldn't get off the field. They just keep running, 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 small little chunk plays. I hate games like that. We got to avoid that kind of that. We got to avoid that because that seems like that's how to beat us. But, but wow, Baylor, what can you say? Coming out, throwing mm-hmm. bombs all over the field. You got to love it. I've always thought he had an amazing arm. So I don't think that it's a quarterback competition, but we definitely have two quarterbacks that can go in and play. But I, we got to, we got to run Tyler more. And the injuries, scary. That's the one thing that could ruin the season if we have too many injuries and they're starting to stack up. Well, I appreciate the call, Parley, and a lot of good thoughts there. So I just want to, I've got so many different thoughts that I have to try to organize in my head as a former player. I see things and aspects of the game, and then I try to set the former player thing aside, and I try to go from an analyst point of view. And to Parley's point, he said, I want more carries for Tyler Algier. Jake, I said the same thing coming in. I said, I'd, I'd love to have seen 20, 22 carries. Let me point to one number that tells you why they didn't have that. Look at the pass attempts. Yeah. 25 pass attempts. Look at the rushing attempts. Yeah. 50 plays in this day and age of college football is a tiny number. It is. It is a small number. But the point I was wanting to make here is there are so many times as a football fan or as a football analyst, again, taking myself away from the former player shoes, that we watch a game plan and it gets stale and it gets boring. And what do we end up saying? Throw it more. You got to score. Where's the style points? How come Aaron Roderick never calls a passing play? (laughs) How come they don't ever have a wrinkle? Well, here you've got Baylor Romney in a game against South Florida where you've got it 21 to nothing in the first quarter Mm -hmm. and you keep throwing. You're right. You've, you've got a limited number of passes and a limited number of runs because of how some of these drives worked out in South Florida controlled the clock. They had 72 plays to BYU's 50. So you know that that's going to be a limited opportunity for passing and throwing. But it is so refreshing and so nice to see a coordinator that feels good enough about his quarterback and his receiving targets that he is willing to forego a couple of carries to put up some stylish points, to put some some points on the board and to put a football in the air. Correct. Yeah. So everybody can feel as upset as they want. Even me, I could be like, really? I, I, even then I, I still would have liked to seen five carries taken or five attempts off Romney's throws and put five carries on Algiers total. And I would have been more happy about that in, in my mind. I think that, but then I always take a step back and I think, wait a second, what are we talking about? I played at BYU. Uh I played for Lavelle Edwards and his air raid. I I, I know what BYU is about. They're about quarterback play. They're not about quarterback handing off play. They're about quarterback play. And Aaron Roderick is embracing this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has to be recognized to a certain extent. It needs to be recognized. You had a backup quarterback in there and Aaron Roderick was like, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. What was it? The second play of the game? He hit like a, what was that? A 30 yard pass to, what is it, a 30-yard pass to Gunnar Romney? I think you're right. Somewhere in the 30 range. The touchdown pass that Gunnar had was his long on the night. It was a 49-yard bomb. But but, the, but that one was, was like a 30-yard. He went so. right down the field. He, there, there was no hesitation on Aaron Roderick and the BYU offensive coaching staff's part in saying, you know what, we need to limit his reps. They know what they have in this young man. They trust his arm, and he went out and did it. 20 of 25. He averaged 12.2 yards per attempt. 
That is a great number. Anything over 10 is an elite number in college mm-hmm. football. And he's a 12.2. 305 yards. That's what you expected on a ho-hum day, it feels like, back in the day for BYU. And I don't know why people would be upset with that number for Baylor Romney. So just to kind of clear things up and, and to give Aaron Roderick some props, because mm-hmm. I'm sure Aaron is driving home, or I'm sure he's at home. or He might be watching film right he's now. He might be watching film. <laughs> And he might be hearing the people say, he should have run it more, should have owned the clock, should have controlled the offense, should have done this. And in his mind, he's probably thinking, what do you people want? Yeah, what do you- I gave you 300 yards through the air. I gave you three <laughs> touchdowns through the air. I gave you two 100-yard receivers. Yeah, they're season high in points at 35. Yeah. I, I dished it out all over the board. Dished it out to Neil Powell and Mason Wake and Isaac Rex and Tyler Algier out of the backfield. I, I, I was throwing it everywhere. And, and you didn't see the gadgets. Uh-huh. You just saw Baylor Romney sitting in a pocket and zipping it around the place. Yeah, there was no double reverse passes, nope. no flea flickers, none of that. So I think it needs to be recognized. Yeah. And I think it needs to be applauded because I can get caught in the rut of what makes sense. But sometimes what makes sense is pretty boring. And we could come out of this game like, man, where, where is the – how come they didn't go for the throat? How come they didn't go for the style points and they didn't go for the throat? I don't understand it. Well, they did. They went for the style points. They went for the throat. They went for 25 attempts, and they did what they could through the air. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. And I think they deserve some credit for that. Yeah, and they were perfectly balanced. 25 pass attempts, 25 rush attempts. You want 50-50. If people are out there, I want to see him balance on offense. Well, that's as balanced as you get, folks, is what we saw tonight, even though the limited possessions obviously hampered them a little bit. All right, uh, I got another caller on the line. Uh, but if you guys do want to call in with your postgame thoughts, if you're driving home, feel free to call in 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. Let's get back out to the phone lines and another longtime listener and caller, Papa P., on the line. What's up, Papa P? You know what? All the... Do we lose Papa P there? Maybe we'll try and get him back on the line there. I think we may have lost him. Oh, Papa P, if you can hear us, feel free to call back in. Uh, sorry we lost you there. Always love hearing Papa P's thoughts. He is a longtime caller and longtime listener of... The, the station. So, uh, yeah. So if you want to call in, feel free, um, hands, let's take a time out here, but before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at trydaytrading.com. They're gracious enough to let us do our post game shows here. And we love being with them. Yeah, we do, man. Trydaytrading.com. It's really simple. $10 put you in the market for 30 days. You're in that market and you're placing trades daily. <laughs> That's why they call it trydaytrading.com. You just sit there in front of your own computer. You could do it on a beach in Mexico. You mm-hmm. could do it from your own office in your own home. You don't have to have an office. You don't have to have a boss. All you're doing is following directions and placing trades and making money. And you can see how it all works for just 10 bucks. They'll put you in this system for 30 days. You'll get the software. You're going to get the coaching. You're going to get to see what day trading's all about. You'll get to learn the currency market and what you're trading in currency. And if you're interested in the cryptocurrency, they've got that going on now. But it's all about who you work with. 
Yeah. And Tri-Day Trading is jam-packed with some of the best guys on earth. I was going to say, Ryan and the crew down yeah. there are like the salt of the earth. They are. So go to TridayTrading.com and jump into that demo for just 10 bucks. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back. Still taking your guys' phone calls. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-9663. If you want to weigh in on this win for BYU, they are 4-0 and for the second straight season. Something they've never done in program history is start a season, two seasons in a row, 4-0. They accomplished that tonight with that 35-27 to 27 victory. Now they're on a short week to get ready for Utah State. More of your phone calls, more analysis next. This is the Cougar Post Game Show right here on The Zone. Baylor Romney out of the pistol. Play action. Into the end zone. Pyro touchdown. Able to outrun Vincent Davis for the score. Second TD strike for Baylor Romney, who's 13 of 16, 182 yards in the first half. Welcome back to your Cougar Post Game Show here on the Zone Sports Network, brought to you by our friends over at JCWs as well as uh, TridayTrading.com. Love both of those companies. Love doing these Cougar pre and post game shows. Hans Olsen, Jake Hatch. With you guys, we wrap up BYU's 35-27 to 27 victory. And hands, before we throw back out to the phone calls here in just a moment, uh, I believe it was Papa, not Papa P, it was uh, Catholic Matt that brought up, this is the UTSA type of a game for BYU. And there was their fourth game last year, UTSA. And by the way, Jeff Trailer, that UTSA coach, He's on his way to big things, I feel like. He had that team ready to go, and BYU ground out a 27-20 victory, one of the closest games they played all year, and he's right. The very next week, they went to Houston with question marks and absolutely obliterated Mm -hmm. the Cougars in Houston. Well, in order for the Cougars to obliterate the Aggies, they're going to need to get Tyler Batty, Nasamahe, Keenan Ellis, Keenan Peely, Isaiah Heron. They're going to need to get Mason Wake, uh, Harris Lachance, they're going to need to. They're going to need to start to get healthy. Uh, and of course, Jaron Hall. Sure. Yeah. This Utah State game is a game that if guys can play, this won't be a. Well, we thought he was ready and he felt ready, but the doctors decided to hold him out. You're not holding anybody out when you go to Logan. No. This the game that the we need to hold him out was tonight. Yeah. You don't hold him out when you go to Logan Friday night, and, and there are guys that you need to get back. In the fold, that is going to be the big storyline through the week of preparation here on 1280. The zone is talking about the guys that are back, that can be back, that, you know, some of the rumors that are swirling and Mm -hmm. and making sure that you you've got your full complement because Utah State is they they, they're really embracing this team. Mm -hmm. And at the very minimum, they will not quit. No, no, they won't. They, they won't quit, and they are very used to trying to grind things out at the end. And they would have been more in this Boise State game today if they could have just finished out in the red zone. They got themselves to the red zone quite a few times. Uh-huh. They just couldn't finish things out in the red zone. You know what that Utah State team reminded me, made me think of watching them? BYU in 2019. BYU in 2019 motored up and down the field between the 20s. Yeah, they got in the red, the red zone, zone and just I fell apart yeah. all year long. And how good has Aaron Roderick been in the red zone this year? <laughs> well, he, he, he places a high emphasis on finishing in the red zone. The missed field goal, the blocked field goal in this game, hands was the first time BYU has gotten in the red zone and come up empty this season. Yeah. Four games in. No empty possessions outside of that one. Yep. 
And uh, I can't remember what it was, 18 trips in the red zone and, and 17 were touchdowns yeah, or something. Yeah, they've been very, very good once they got there in the red zone. Aaron Roderick's been so special as a play caller. And this offense is looking good. It's it's looking very good, and it looked good today. I mean, you've got a backup quarterback that comes in and throws for 305 yards and three touchdowns, yeah. zero interceptions. I thought it was a pretty flawless performance. Really it was a running. really good, really good performance by him. Yep. And hooked up with his brother five times for 120 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And overall, I just felt like this offense flowed. Yeah, I know, man. I, I'm with everybody out there. If there would have been 35 extra snaps in this game for BYU, I would have hoped that eight to 12 of them went to Tyler Algier. Sure. And another five to eight went to Lapini Katoa because Lapini was averaging 10 yards a carry uh-huh. with his carries. But there's still a part of me that feels like this is BYU. They want to be a showpiece. And that's well, that's what they tried to do again tonight. No doubt about that. All right, let's get back out to the phone lines. If you guys want to get in before we wrap things up here, 855-340-ZONE, 855-340-9663. Colton is on the line. Colton, what's up? Hey, Colton. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, one of my uh, just quick observations. I'm not a doom and gloom guy couple of things that were interesting to me if if you look at down by the goal line when they did uh you know i just kind of thought they tried to get a little cute at times you know like a jet sweep handoff to samson the a couple of times rather than hand the ball off to tyler algier um i feel like we just left a few points off the board but i once again i don't feel too bad about tonight's win it was a win but you know i think they could have scored some points easily if they would have just pounded the ball a little bit down there in the in within the five yard line i think you actually have a very good point there colton because down in that final position where that blocked field goal happened a lot of people out there why are you not handing it off to tyler alger let him finish it off because he was a battering ram all night long he was very very good running the ball so i I thank you for the call colton i think that's a very good point you made there maybe they did get a little too cute as, as he termed it down there in the red zone of points all right, let's throw it back out to the phone lines. And I forgot the name, so Lundy, help me out here. Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Hey, what's up? Oh, not too much, Jordan. What you got for us? Not much, by the way. Shout out to you, Jake. I love the Locked on Cougar podcast. You guys, oh, you're you. amazing on that. And the Hans, I love the Hans and Scotty show. You guys are amazing, both of you. I'm excited to be talking with you guys today. Appreciate you, Jordan. Appreciate that. Whatever thoughts you got, go ahead, bud. So two things are in my mind right now about the game, and I want to get your guys' opinions. Um, the first one is on the defense. And, again, I was actually doom and gloom until I started listening to you guys, so thank you for calming me down. But do you think the reason why we could not stop their quarterback was, like, what are your thoughts on why we couldn't do that when we did so good against Arizona State's quarterback, which I would assume is just as good, if not supposedly better, and this quarterback, maybe I'm wrong on that, on no, not, why we no, didn't stop him running. No, you're very right. Um, Jordan, thanks for the call, and thanks for the question, and and let you uh, hang up and listen to it from wherever you are. So there are a few reasons. Um, number one, when you lose Tyler Batty and Mahe, you don't get that push in the middle. And Tyler Batty oftentimes is responsible for pressing the offensive tackle on the outside shoulder and then flattening 
to force the quarterback back inside. So Tyler Batty being out is is one area. Keenan Peely is a very good cover backer. So if Keenan is responsible for rotation to the outside, he's very good at holding his job and forcing a quarterback back inside. So because of some of the guys that you're missing that are very good at pressing those guys back inside, that plays that plays a role into allowing that zone read on the outside, the quarterback keep on the outside. Um, there was one play in particular where a a guy that is used to playing safety was playing outside linebacker, and he f- he fell down into the zone read, and instead of keeping his shoulders flat to the line of scrimmage because he's not so used to playing the outside linebacker position because they've asked him to come up in rotation and play that outside linebacking position. He got his shoulders turned and he dipped too far down into the play and the quarterback kept and went off to the side and, and, and was able to get himself five or eight yards and a first down in that play. That, that is frustrating. And, but that's what's happening right there. You've got guys that are trying to do jobs that they're just not used to doing. And you're asking guys to, to, to pick up the slack. For instance, taking Gabe Summers, who's been playing on the interior, and putting him at the defensive end and saying to him, all right, here's your new role. Set the edge. Is yeah. Set the edge mm-hmm. and be prepared to hit the quarterback, force him back inside. We want these leverage points. And it's not it's not fair to him, mm-hmm. but because you're without Tyler Batty and you you don't you've got Lorenzo Fatea doing his thing and Mahe is out you're you're trying to mix and match and place guys in areas that they're not used to, and it, that's a really good point by Jordan Jaden Daniels J- yeah Jaden Daniels yep. Jaden Daniels. I want to say Jaden Delora for a second, but that was Washington State. So, yeah, go ahead. He is a much better quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's much quicker. He's much more accurate. He's obviously more veteran. This That's guy right. was young. He's got all those components. But BYU, their sole purpose in life, first of all, they, they weren't down all those bodies at that point. Not yet. But their sole purpose in life was to keep that quarterback in the pocket. And they held him to eight yards. So that tells me if you're going into a, a game where you know you've got a mobile quarterback that's looking at zone read options, you are going to be able to stop that quarterback if you absolutely need to do it and if that's the game plan to do it. But Jordan, when you're missing your starting DN and you're missing your best cover, uh, your, your best edge linebacker, mm-hmm. and you're trying to replace him with guys that just don't have the reps and they're trying to make those reads on zone reads, and their shoulders are shifted and turned, and you're trying to teach them the technique, this is going to be the result. You're, you're going to give up some yards to a quarterback that you, you weren't overly focused on because he's young and hasn't shown so much for South Florida. One thing I also noticed in this game, Hands, and I think it was a, it was a concerted effort on BYU's part, is they rotated as much on defense as I have seen them in recent memory. They rotated a lot of guys that were – typically a second or a third string player to get them game reps. They felt like this was a game to give those guys an opportunity. And I think that may have contributed a little bit to some of their deficiencies, especially in that second half. Well, I think, uh, I mean, we'll be, you you know, Jake, I know you and I will be paying very close attention, very, very close attention to uh, who's going to be back for that Utah state game. But I expect Mahe to be ready to go. I expect Tyler Batty to be ready to go. 
Um, I expect potentially Keenan Ellis to be ready to go coming out of that concussion protocol. I don't know what to think about Isaiah Heron. I'm not sure where he's at and, and what's going on with him especially, but th- there are a lot of guys that I expect to be back for this Utah state game and that will improve their ability. It, and I, I've got to continue to learn what Utah state is wanting to do under Bonner or Peasley. They're two quarterbacks. Uh, I know that they like to throw that ball around and you're probably going to run some pressures, but moving forward, if you're seeing a dual threat quarterback, let, uh, let's say Jackson Dart is back for that USC game at the end of the year, or based on how Keaton Slovis looked tonight, they probably need him as soon as possible. <laughs> Just saying, I can't believe that. What do they call it? Portland State? Portland State North? Is that what they call Oregon, Oregon State? State? Yeah. Whatever. They, whatever they call them, Oregon State going to win over USC today. Sixty-one years since they last won in the Coliseum. Nineteen sixty to two thousand twenty-one. <laughs> Imagine that. Gordon Monson in his 40s watching that game. <laughs> <laughs> it gets late. I, I like to take shots. That's, like, that's good. I like that one. But um, so, Jordan, just let let the let guys heal and, and understand that guys were trying to fill in and do things that they're just not as used to doing. And, and it should get better. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. Well, hands, I think we are – not done here. Yeah, we've said about all we can say, man. <laughs> BYU getting a good win, 35-27. to 27. I know some of the boo birds are out and felt like the defense should do better. Hopefully, my breakdown there will help people understand what was going on. Plus, I've been a part of a 21 to nothing drubbing in a first quarter. Yeah. And you lose focus. You simply lose focus. You lose your edge. You lose your enthusiasm. And you start thinking, oh, we just want to burn the clock. Yeah, and this game already. Let's just move on. Let's yeah. burn the clock and let's get off this field. BYU was never in jeopardy. They were never in trouble. It, just look at the first half. 28-6 to six in the first half. They were in full control. There were, there were no signs of struggle or signs of issue Third quarter was a little bit different. South Florida started to put together some crazy drives, but I was never uh, uh, distraught or upset with what I was seeing. Now, there there were some offensive drives that needed to be stopped that yes. will be stopped when the personnel is in there to stop it. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. The one, the one other thing, the only way I felt this game would have been in jeopardy is had uh, USF been able to get that onside kick attempt, and it was not a very good kick. So BYU... Gets out of there with a victory. They are 4-0 for the second straight season. As I mentioned earlier on, that is the first time in program history for BYU. They have started back-to-back seasons 4-0. They rank number 15, I would assume, with this victory. They'll probably move up a little bit uh, inside the top 15, but that'll come out tomorrow around midday is when those coaches and AP polls come out. Hands, any other final thoughts before we call it an evening here? Yeah, we'll be paying really close attention to the guys that are going to be ready for mm-hmm. next week. Yep, yeah, we will obviously bring you anything that we hear, especially regarding Jaron Hall. Make sure you tune in all week long. DJ and PK bright and early on Monday morning, obviously followed by Hands and Scotty. Uh, you guys will have James MP Monday if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he'll be obviously great. talking about that. We'll have Samson Nakua and Nick Ford on Monday with DJ and PK. And obviously the big show will take you home throughout the week. We'll have it all covered for you. And of course, we'll be back next Friday night. It's going to be a Friday night game 
as Utah State and BYU get going. Our pregame coverage will begin at 6 o'clock, live from JCW's in Provo, getting you ready for BYU and the Aggies. Big thanks to Tri-D Trading. Love being here at the studios. Uh, we absolutely love our partnership with them. Just a, a fantastic group. And if you are needing to make a little extra money, start at tridaytrading.com. And follow through with that $10 30-day demo. It comes with the software, the coaching, and a complete understanding of how that day trading market works. Yeah, no doubt about it. And they're great, by the way. Like These are the best guys out there. Ryan and his team, if you guys want to learn more about it, they'd love nothing more than to sit down with you and kind of explain how you can go about it. And that's actually a really cool picture right there. Mm-hmm. Mason Wake uh, trying to hurdle those guys earlier on in the game. And that's a guy we'll be keeping on all week long to see what his health status is. There's no doubt about Huge that. Huge part of that offense. All right, yeah. So once again, a big thank you to TridayTrading.com for hosting us for our post-game show. Also, thanks to JCWs for taking care of us pre-game. And like I mentioned, Friday night, 6 o'clock pre-game, live at JCWs in Provo. We'll have it all covered for you. For Hans Olsen and Alex Lundberg back in Salt Lake City, I'm Jay Catch. Have a great rest of your evening. This has been your Cougar post-game show right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network.